There is nothing wrong with your internet. Do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter, your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your setting. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the Fangirl Zone. Welcome to Sci-Fi Talk on the Fangirl Zone, a podcast where we discuss shows on the Sci-Fi Channel. I'm Steve. And I'm Sean Fangirl S. And today we'll be discussing episode six of season one, fingers crossed, of Surreal Estate. Yay! Wow, what an episode. This was so weird and cool. And it was like, wait, what? I don't know if that was all Melanie Scarfano's doing as director or if it was just written that way. But I did see one little mess up. Uh Uh-oh. Okay. Well, we'll get to that. Yes. (laughs) But we kind of sort of have news. We have a release date-ish on Chucky, which is a new series coming out for sci-fi. Steve, I forgot the date. Was it October 16th? I believe so. So if you're a fan of the Chucky's movies, I think you'll like this. We don't know what to expect this one. No. (laughs) So we are planning to record because... A long-lost voice of the past is coming back to join us. <laughs> I'm not sure how much she's been on with the fangirl zone with us. She helps us at cons, but right. you may or may not remember Ashley, probably from our previous adventures. Yes. She will be joining us to talk about Chucky, and she is super excited. <laughs> so I hope you join us, and we all check out at least a couple episodes and see right. what this one plays out like and if there's anything else because there's a couple new things coming to sci-fi that we're kind of excited about yes there's a zombie looking thing coming and i'm all about zombies so if there's anything else yeah anything else that you guys see it well i wonder if they're gonna drop that in conjunction with day of the dead november 1st that would be so perfect yes i hope somebody at sci-fi is listening All right, so let's jump into this one. Like you said, another episode directed by Miss Melanie Scarfano. Yep. The one, the only Winona. Yep. Her second and final directing episode of the season. Hopefully we get a season two. We'll get a couple more episodes directed by her. Well, I have a little something that may or may not be a reason why she's not directing anymore right now. Okay. There has been whispers on the Erper front that there are people who are building set for a season five. Ooh. So that may be why Melanie is not doing more directing here. We don't know. Right. Now, we, of course, don't know for sure if it's Winona coming back, but there are whispers on the wind. So if you're a fan of Melanie and Tim, we'll see what's going to happen. Yeah, keep them fingers crossed. All right, but let's jump into this because Tim is awesome in this. Yes, he is. Roman 6. The Roman agency steps in when the visitors to a competitor's open house are murdered one by one. 
Yeah, that sounds like they're knocking off competitors. (laughs) No. Not good. No. So we open on 35 Dogwood Avenue, a Rita Weiss property. This could get good. Right. AKA the Owen House. You know, it kind of freaked me out when it said Dogwood Avenue because I actually lived on Dogwood Trail. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm like, wait a second. was haunted and there was a dogwood avenue like the next block right so i'm like oh that's kind of creepy just a little (laughs) so rita's assistant gabriel leaves the house while on the phone with his wife he pulls the open sign out of the ground almost jamming it into his face then turns and runs into something that causes him to drop the sign and his phone which lands on top of the sign and we see blood dripping onto rita's face and we, the camera pulls back and we see that a tree branch has gone through his eye. <laughs> I do. Okay, first of all. Yeah. But besides <laughs> that, I don't understand how it could have gone through his eye. I mean, like, I mean, you poke yourself, whatever, you stop. Wouldn't it have to be moving and him moving fast? And You would like, think, yeah. <laughs> like, I can't see the science of it right yeah this one was definitely a little iffy as far as the science goes that's for sure like the other ones that happened i get it but that one was kind of like "Eh." yeah (laughs) because he was standing there he pulled the sign up and then he turns now unless he's the flash (laughs) right he wouldn't be able to get enough speed to force that branch into his eyes and into his brain yeah that's exactly it's like wait Not possible. (laughs) Unless that tree was... It's like the poltergeist tree? Yes. Forcing it into his eye. (laughs) Which that still freaks me out to this day. Yes. (laughs) So we cut to a woman sitting in a chair crocheting and listening to a radio talk show as the kettle on the stove whistles. She gets up, pours herself a cup, starts back to her chair, but trips and falls into the chair where one of the crochet needles goes into her eye. Now that I can see happening, and that knitting needle thing. See, that's why crocheting isn't as bad. Right. It's got the little hook. The knitting needles are dangerous. (laughs) No. (laughs) And we hear laughing on the radio. That's not good. (laughs) No. That was so creepy. Yes, it was. (laughs) It's like, all right, the timing is just too weird. Yes. Then we cut to two guys in a yard shooting arrows. As one guy gets his into the yellow and tells his friend to beat that. Well, his friend asks him to pass him another, which he does, and the guy catches it just before it goes into his eye. And say, what's going on here? (laughs) Yeah, who does that? What is wrong with you? Yeah. (laughs) And he just underhand tossed it. It's not like he threw it like a baseball or anything. (laughs) They sure ended up acting that way. I know. So as they count down to shoot together, the first guy sneezes as they shoot, and his arrow flies high over the trees. Well, I couldn't... Okay. uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, seeing that the target was probably a good 20 feet in front of the trees, (laughs) and it soars over the trees and into a parking lot, and we see a lady taking her shopping cart to the car to... Load up her groceries and go home. And at about the last second, you see her kind of look up and thwack. And this, friend, is why they outlawed lawn darts. Yes, (laughs) exactly. So a quick three murders. And we're not even to the first commercial break. 
Wait, were we even at the opening? No. Is this, this is like the cold open. <laughs> yes. Still, right? <laughs> yes. So later on, Rita complains that Luke is late, and Luke replies to a meeting that you've rescheduled twice. And Rita tells him that she's giving him this listing as a present, like the dollar bills all those sad women used to tuck in your Speedo in college. It's like, okay, enough with the insults. You asked him here for a reason. That's right. And Luke asks him why, and Rita tells him she's taking some time off. She had had her vacation planned for months, and that it was Gabriel that got the tree branch in the eye. And Luke presses Lee to why him, and she finally tells him that her assistant wasn't the only one, and that it's his type of home. So Rita knows. She just doesn't want to come out and say it. Right. <laughs> like, weird shit happens here is basically what she's saying, but she doesn't want to admit it. And so we go to the office where Susan thinks they should send flowers, and Zoe replies that he worked for Rita, so it should be a euthanasia. <laughs> And Phil gives the group the history of the house, starting with the previous owner, Catherine Owens, who was arrested for murdering her tenant about a year ago. Yeah, that just sounds great. It's one of those murder mysteries. It's not so much a mystery. Right. And Catherine was agoraphobic and stayed inside all the time playing her cello. Well, maybe not all the time. <laughs> Luke wants Augie to set up the measuring devices outside the home as he had a real stay-out vibe and for Phil to check for other mysterious deaths. Luke tells them that he will catch up after his meeting, but Susan stops him and informs that she's gotten a call from Edwin Calabasas, who owns one of those big homes on University Row and wants them to sell it. Well, nice that they have an easy-peasy one there, supposedly. Yeah. <laughs> but I love when Luke's telling them, yeah, I got to stay out vibe, because Augie's like, oh, it'll be fine, I can go in. It's like, no, 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 no. No. <laughs> Maybe just no. So I felt better when nothing happened to Augie. I was oh, worried yeah. at this episode. <laughs> so we find out that Luke's meeting is lunch with Megan. As they are sitting outside on a dock, as Megan explains that her father in Trinidad made the best pilau, which she fell in love with, and that's what they're eating. Even though it's I not as good, but it's the best I want to know what it is. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I am like, because she said it was from Trinidad. Yeah. Trinidad. Thank you. So I'm like, what is that? I want to know. I want to say it's like barbecue chicken ish. If I remember when I looked it up, I'm looking it up right yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, it's like a chicken first, and rice I, dish, it looks like. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, it she looks said really good. Father marinated it all day and put all the right spices in it. And then Megan apologizes to Luke for bringing up how happy her family was. <laughs> Luke's going to worry about it. So Megan checks the time as she needs to get registered. And Luke states they haven't looked at any listings yet. Well, she kisses him and leaves. Oh my God, though, what he yells after her, I was cracking Yes. Because <laughs> what was it? Ten foot? Oh, what? Was it exactly? 10 foot ceiling, 10 foot single ceilings or something looking yeah. to hook up with you. It was just something yeah. so stupid and funny. And I'm like, I love it. I love it. I want my realtor when I finally get one, hopefully soon to my house, that I want them to be stupid like this. Yes. <laughs> so we go back to the office where Zoe shows Phil the story of the lady getting the arrow to the eye. 
Rita comes in looking for Luke and is told he isn't there, so she gives Zoe the open house guest book for the Owens house and that her assistant died from a stick to the eye. She tells them that she's they... not really torn up. I'm just saying. No, she's not. She tells them that she can sell to any of the people that attended the open house, but the other 15 are her clients and leaves. And Zoe discovers that the Arrow Lady was one of the open house guests, and they better call Luke. Yeah, this probably isn't good. No. We go over to the Owens house as we see Augie checking out the outside of the house, and he places his measuring device on the inside of the porch beam, and the door magically opens up. I was half expecting to see somebody there. Right. Like, saying something, and... Then when he puts on his goggles, though, we don't get to see his point of view, which... Right, and I don't did. think he saw anything anyway. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> this is what he's like, nope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he decides it's best to leave, and <laughs> as he gets past the gate, the door slams shut. Yeah, we found out with Rita that Gabriel had kept the key. Oh, he had the, the lockbox box key, yeah. Which I feel like, how do you not have the code? I thought it was like, okay, this is it for this office or whatever. That seemed kind of weird. But then again, she didn't seem like she cared too much. No. So back at the office, Augie tells the gang it was like it was daring him to come in. As we see the list of the names from the guest book. Phil wants to focus on the names on the guest book as the first name, Mary Nunez, had an accident on Tuesday due to a knitting needle to the eye. Three days later, Anna Meyer, a bizarre archery mishap. <laughs> I'd say that was a bizarre one. Yeah. And after a dig about Rita from Zoe, Luke states that she probably hasn't stepped foot in the house as it's not her management style and figures the house doesn't want visitors. Augie want to buy houses, by the way. Yeah. Or a house. Augie reminds Luke that it invited him in, and Luke states that Gabriel died on Saturday, Marcy on Tuesday, and Zoe adds that Anna on Friday. Aha. We have a pattern developing here. Luke wants Phil to contact the next person on the list, Ross Parsons, as it is the third day since the last death, and he plans to visit Catherine Owens in prison. Phil asks if he thinks she has an accomplice. And Luke tells him she might be innocent. Oh, how wrong you were with that thought. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> Actually, looking back on it, it's like, no. no. <laughs> so we go out to University Row as Susan arrives and is finally greeted by a college kid who thinks she's a chemistry tutor. <laughs> and Susan informs him that the owner has decided to sell the house and that she needs to get a few pictures of the inside. Well, Reese yeah. lets her in and she calls it a dumpster with utilities. <laughs> Cause it. I love how he's like, oh yeah, the landlord. Uh, uh. It's like the house doesn't look like it's falling apart. It looks like you trashed it. Yes, absolutely. There's a difference. <laughs> like, I know. And then, of course, Reese has the threatened legal action, and Susan tells him that she needs those pictures by tomorrow and gives him her card. And when she leaves, he just tosses it. Yeah, he seemed like a real winner. Oh, So yeah. at this point, like what we know about this house is the owner called. It was a real 
staticky conversation. Right. And these guys are jerky entitled kids, basically, is what I've got. Exactly. Yeah, they're just basically squatting, even though they may be paying rent. (laughs) They aren't leaving. And I don't know about you, but when I'm like, oh, okay, she keeps getting a weird, like, bad connection. Right. I'm like, all right, is he, like, on life support or something? (laughs) And... Like, this is immediately where I thought, like, okay, right. he's, like, dying or something. And he's like, all right, that's it. Tired of these idiots. And I honestly thought it was going to be, like, his kid or something. <laughs> like, <laughs> that- he's like, no, get out. I can't stand my kid or something. Right. So the end did throw me a bit because I'm like, what? But, <laughs> like, this is where I was at this point in the episode, which I was still really intrigued of what's going to happen. Because I'm like, there's no way she's in there and these guys are, like, ghosts or something. You're right. Because that would be messed up. Like, yeah. oh, yeah, ghosts are vomiting everywhere. Careful where you step. <laughs> Ew. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. I know that was, like, totally crazy and off kilter. But I just no. had to share. That's where my thoughts were. Yes. Ah. Go back to the office where Phil is trying to convince Ross that he is in danger, but he's just not having any of it, especially the goggles Phil offers him. I mean, come on. Look at that guy. Yeah. (laughs) Did you really think, based on what you were telling him, that it was going to fly? Right. I mean, if some rando just called me up and it's like, oh, what is it? Somebody else is trying to outbid me. or That's what I'd probably be thinking. Right. So we go to the prison where Catherine is led into the visiting area and Luke introduces himself as the real estate guy. Well, she thought he was a writer wanting to make her story into a movie, but it's disappointed that he's only a commission-craving house hooker. I almost died when she called him. Yeah. I was like, wow, he's a vulture. He's a house hooker. What the hell else? And <laughs> as they sit down, she starts banging her middle finger on the desk and she asks, how's her house? Luke tells her it's fine as he was there just the other day, but she knows he didn't go inside. Luke tells her that they may be able to help prove her innocence. Not this creepy old lady. Please don't. <laughs> she, You know what? Like, I felt like even if she was, she didn't want to be. Right. (laughs) And I will tell you, I tried to do that middle finger tapping thing. It is not that easy. No. (laughs) And then I was thinking, okay, is it the cello thing? Like she's keeping time with music almost? Yep. It's kind of a metronome type thing. But still, I'm like, that is not easy. I tried. Yeah. (laughs) Tried several times. I know it's weird, but yeah, it was not easy. Yeah. And we find out that her tenant had only been there for a few weeks before he was killed by her cello bow, which had her prints all over it, even though she was riding her bike that afternoon. So you aren't totally agoraphobic because you left your house for a bike ride. Yeah, that was a little confusing to me. Yes, absolutely. And she tells him that the killer knew her patterns and was suited for framing. (laughs) No, I don't think you're the one that got framed here. (laughs) Oh, look, tells her it's a pretty good alibi as three people have been killed after visiting her home. Luke finally notices the finger tapping and tells her that he will be in touch and she tells him to take good care of her house and to sell it to somebody nice. Why? So you can kill them too? (laughs) Maybe. Yep. So we head off to a restaurant where Ross is having lunch with an employee when he almost gets stabbed by a kebab as the waiter trips. That wouldn't have ended well. No. But we... And 
I will tell you, I love those kind of restaurants. They're expensive. So I can't go often, but I'm like, oh, the food is so. So I was right there with the guy. He yeah. was like, oh, this is the best food. But but when he tells the guy, I know you're a vegetarian. I'm like, why would you take him to a Brazilian steakhouse? Exactly. Like, something's not right with you. No. <laughs> Such good food, though. But anyway, sorry. Another waiter brings their food <laughs> out and starts cutting a slice of steak off of the kebab. With I thought he was done for. Face right near the knife. <laughs> Absolutely. You thought that was the way he was going to go out. But no. Two kids start fighting over a balloon and bump into his chair. So when he turns to confront the kids, the plastic balloon holder right through the eye. Again, how the hell did that happen? <laughs> I'm sitting there going, all right, this giant knife, because those things are super sharp. Yes. Those giant kebabs. Like, yes. Kebab, yeah. Those things, again, very sharp. I get all of that. But the plastic holder, <laughs> I mean, you might as well have a straw. Can it happen? Yes. Was it going fast enough? Was he moving? Again, I don't see that happening. Well, you, you have to remember, both those kids were struggling for it. And so when the boy just jerked it right out of the girl's hands, eh, there might have been some pretty good inertia going on there that might have caused it but yeah i'm a little iffy on that one as well <laughs> yeah so back at the office the gang is all together as phil regrets not scaring ross more and both zoe and augie tell him he did what he could luke tells him that he was pretty sure the house was the problem until he looked into Catherine's eyes augie shows that the pkt readings show spikes during the time the murders took place Gang start spitballing possibilities of what this ghoul could be and start throwing out names left and right. This was so weird. Yes. Which at least I, allows Susan a chance to ask, what the hell is that? <laughs> yeah, because I'm trying to keep up and I'm like, uh, what? Huh? Yeah. I was trying to guess what some of them could be and I'm like, I got no nothing. nothing no idea. Yeah. <laughs> and they eventually they agree that it must be a watchmaker which came over with the flood of German immigration in the mid-1800s. And basically, it's a very methodical demon that does very bad things in the same way in a very precise order. Luke wants to warn everyone on the list that it's a life-or-death situation, and Phil states that's going to be a problem as the next name on the list is unreadable. Oh my god, that was so bad. Yes. <laughs> it did look like a doctor's handwriting, that's for sure. <laughs> no, because I can read doctor's handwriting working in the pharmacy for as long as I have. <laughs> yeah, true. But like that just looks like I don't want anybody to contact me, scribble, scribble, wiggle, wiggle. Yeah. <laughs> so we go back to University Row where Susan returns and Reese informs her that their legal counsel told them that she needs a warrant. <laughs> oh my god. I'm like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> I'm not a cop. Yeah, I love it. I don't care about your weed. I just need pictures. Yeah. What is this weed you speak of? <laughs> god. <laughs> now you know they're high. Oh yeah, you smell it a mile away. Yeah, Reese tells her no pictures and she needs to go. And we go back to the office where Luke apologizes to Megan as she's already at their bench. Luke asks if she's got class tonight and she tells him She's got a big lab coming up, so she's going to stay at home so she can go upstairs and have a pillow fight with his mom, or he could help her find a place. When she said that, I'm like, girl, 
that is not even funny. <laughs> I know. Tell you what she said. <laughs> Heck, that's just mean. Right. Luke promises to call. So Susan is on a really bad video call with Mr. Calabasas trying to explain the issues she's having with his tenants. He knows their trouble as he tells her he tried to evict them as well. And he can't rest until they're gone. <laughs> that had me scratching my head. Yeah, I'm just like, I don't understand that exactly. Like, how did that happen? Because I'm pretty sure if you're evicted, Yeah, you're, you're out. <laughs> well, Susan tries to explain, but he tells her that he has every confidence in her and ends the call. So Susan asks who they use for legal as she has to have those photos and Zoe tells her that's the absolute wrong way to go about it. Okay, let's see what Zoe's got to say here. Yeah, this got interesting. Yes, it did. <laughs> and Zoe asks if she ever owned or used an iron. Which... In college. Yes, in college. She was specific saying that and I'm like, huh? Yeah, <laughs> which Susan responds with natural Fabrics require special care. <laughs> and Zoe looks at Phil and tells him they have their answer, and Susan just wants the phone number. <laughs> Zoe tells her she can get the photos without a lawyer and asks why would she? Well, Zoe replies that she's loving that she can't. <laughs> I was still like, what the hell is Zoe going to do? Right, yes. <laughs> it was brilliant. Oh, absolutely but it was. It was really one of those like, huh? Oh, oh. like it's laying as the nose on your face, right? But it just doesn't click yep. until it clicks. Yeah. <laughs> so back to the Owens house where Luke visits the house again and senses something and calls Phil to see if he's made any progress on identifying the signature, which he hasn't. But Augie is trying to hack Gabriel's laptop to see if there's anything in it. Like okay, a phone can I number. I say, too, when we see him hacking it, it's like he's literally doing everything by hand. It's not like a program he's running. No. Nah. <laughs> and you go, wow, I wonder how many hours he spent on that. Yeah, because it could literally be anything. Dang. Yep. Luke tells them that he talked to a homicide detective he knows, and all these deaths are being considered accidents. And they all agree, whatever it is, they're running out of time. So we go back to University Row, and Zoe lets herself into the house and finds the guy playing video games. And she feeds him a story about her and her roommates are doing a TikTok challenge to see who can dance in every room of every house on the block. I and thought that was actually pretty brilliant that she said that. And, th oh, and then absolutely. looking at her, the way she was done up, I'm like, that makes total sense. Oh, absolutely. And she has them start moving furniture out of the rooms as she sets her phone up to video her dance. And once the room is cleared, we see Susan watching on her laptop from the car as the dancing starts. <laughs> and Zoe has the guys dance as she snaps pictures with Susan giving her directions of what she needs pictures of. And Susan wants a picture of the crown molding, which Zoe is able to get by having the guys slide past an arch a la Tom Cruise. <laughs> I'm like, okay, yeah, this is brilliant. They're high enough i was gonna say yes. stupid enough but that they're like oh yeah this is cool yeah all right let's do this all right yeah okay we'll move this and she's like watch the floor I'm like, yeah. hey it be fixed but yeah, uh, I'm yeah like, it was all funny because right. you see one slide one slide one slide and then you don't see anything 
So Zoe has to go look, and they're all mangled there in the corner. She has to help oh, wait, them Yeah, fell on top of each other. It's like, oh my God, you guys are dumb. <laughs> so we go back to prison where Luke is about to enter the prison again when Phil calls and tells him he's found something. Phil informs him that 1969, Catherine's best friend was killed in a bizarre accident, and that was the second chair cello to Catherine's first chair. Yeah, when this came out, I'm like, okay, wait, her friend died. And I'm like, is her friend like haunting her? This is where I started to go with this thinking it's like she's followed her all this time or something. Right. And it just kept getting weirder. Though. Yeah. <laughs> so back to University Row where outside the house, Reese asks Zoe if she wants to hang out sometime. Oh, my God. <laughs> This got funny. Yeah, Zoe tells him that she's grown enough to be his hot, unattainable, slightly older cousin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> slightly older. Like, she's like, and eh, just a little bit. Eh. I'm like, what? Yeah. Oh, my ride's coming. <laughs> like Zoe gets in Susan's car as Susan waves at them. <laughs> And Susan tells her that she has no word. And Zoe replies that she thinks that's best. Yeah, it's like, just drive. Just yeah, drive. just drive. Zoe sinks. I mean, the guys are looking dead at her. Right, absolutely. It's like, do you realize what happened yet? Zoe sinks down into the seat and tells Susan, go! And all I'm thinking is, like, oh my god, she looks like every, like, embarrassed school kid i like I, I can't even just say high school it's like every grade right absolutely like, you know, like, yeah they're Mom, just drive yeah person they're crushing on sar get into the car and right oh god they're gonna see my mom <laughs> so once we get back to the prison luke asks Catherine, how did she do it which she replies do what luke mentions her tenant and she replies that he watched her in the shower well, like, I don't that's think that's creepy. quite murder-worthy yet. And Luke mentions Margaret Hayward, her best friend from school, who beat her out for first chair. Catherine tells him she's sure she doesn't know what he's talking about. Luke sees a blue circular glow appear in her left eye. I didn't catch that at first, but they had like a sound effect in there. Right. I had to like go back. I'm so glad you can like rewind live TV and stuff too. Yep. But I had to go back and I'm like, what the hell is this? Yes. <laughs> and then mechanical. it's like, oh, then I'm really, yeah. I was like, what the hell is some kind of robot? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. yeah like you said, mechanical. Cause it just like, this is weird. I don't get it. Yep. Catherine gets up and tells him they should talk tomorrow as there will be plenty to talk about then. Oh, I wasn't feeling good about that. No, not at all. So back at the office, Susan is going through the pictures off of Zoe's phone, deleting the ones she doesn't need. She posts them to the listing and then calls Mr. Calabasas and informs him that the listing is now live. And he tells her to contact his attorney when an offer has been made. Yeah, she seemed a little disappointed, though. Yes. Like, oh, I won't be dealing with you anymore? No. As his phone starts breaking up, he thanks her as he can finally move on. And right then, I'm like, no. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on a minute here. <laughs> yeah, like, I... have got spirits you. calling <laughs> the Roman agency to get rid of creepy kids. Apparently, something yeah, <laughs> apparently... It's out. Yep. <laughs> Ghost, human, whatever. We know what you need. Yep. 
So we see Augie's lab as he's still trying to hack the laptop and finally gets into it and his email, which causes a strange look to come over his face and he starts texting. Okay, I don't know about you, but I really wanted him to be like, huh, I hate PETA is my password or something like that. Right. Like I wanted him to say like it was some like password that had to do with like hating Rita or hating the job or something. (laughs) Like I really wanted it. Yeah. Go to hell, Rita. (laughs) Yeah, that would be great. So we go to the diner where Megan is sitting doing some homework when Luke comes in asking if she's ordered as he is starving. Of course, as soon as he sits down, his phone starts going off. And Megan lets him know that she knows his work is really crazy and he doesn't have to eat with her. Well, then Luke gets a text informing him that Megan is the next victim on the list. Oh, what? (laughs) Yeah, that was like when the text came up and I'm like, wait a minute. Are we supposed to know this email? Right. Because like I wasn't placing it. I don't know if something clicked with you. No. But then as it went on, it was like, oh, oh, (laughs) oh, no. (laughs) Of course, Megan asks what? He tells her that she was in the Owens house, which she replies, well, you caught me. And she asks what's wrong again, and Luke moves to her side of the booth and gives her a hug. Yeah, it's like, yeah, you caught me. I'm cheating on you with another house. Uh And like, she doesn't get it, but it's like, think about what he does and how stuff is weird. And when he's hugging you that long, you know something's not right. Exactly. (laughs) Of course, the waitress comes up, stands there for a second, and goes, I think I'll go check another table. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, I'll be back. So we go back to the office. The gang is collecting anything that could be used as a projectile. As Zoe asks Phil, what about the spoons? I love it. It's like, what What about them? Yeah, they can be used as a projectile. Augie stands over Megan taking measurements as she finally pushes him away. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know if I'd want that equipment that close to my head. Yeah, you never know. Yeah. <laughs> and Luke comes in with goggles and Megan tells him, you're scaring me now. <laughs> well, you guys, you should be. Augie informs Luke that if the pattern stays consistent, it should happen in four hours. Phil reports what? That, yeah, they've got it down to the hour because they were able to read how the spikes went and could tell that, yeah, it started by the time it peaked, it was four hours. So Phil reports that anyone that has stepped into that house has ended up dead by accident. But even as powerful as she is, she can't know where Megan is at all times. Only God can do that. And Megan asks what happens if the sequence gets broken, and the guys determine that it would basically put her in an endless loop that would cause her to overload. That sounds more computerish again. Yes, I'm (laughs) so confused. I'm like, she... What is happening? Yeah. Next, we see Luke and Megan in his office as Susan comes in and informs them that she just got an offer on the Calabasas house for 20 k over asking price. Well, Megan tells her to go as well as Luke, telling her to take care of business. And if she's powerful enough to get past Zoe, they're all doomed anyway. (laughs) (laughs) That was funny. I like that. It's like, see, even Megan knows. Yep. Susan looks at Luke and then leaves and Megan gets up, which causes Luke to ask, where are you going? She yeah, goes he's to a little the, jumpy. Yeah. She goes to the bathroom, even though you guys got rid of anything sharp, including the hand soap. Like, okay. And we cut to outside as Megan puts on sunglasses. Her phone rings and she tells Luke not to be mad, but Luke is very concerned. 
Megan tells him that she remembered that it's the last day to register for the lab in person or her year is shot. This can't end well. As this was happening, I'm like, is she for real? Yeah. <laughs> what? No. What's going on? I know. Come on. As she gets across the street and onto the sidewalk, a jogger in a white hoodie passes her as she's still on the phone with Luke. On her left is under construction as we see people with some piping and some very large steel rods heading towards Megan. And again, I'm like, why are you over there? Right. <laughs> the jogger avoids the construction worker with the pipe, which Megan barely avoids. Another worker drops a large container onto the sidewalk as Megan regains her composure. And then we see several nails on the sidewalk in Megan's path, who trips on the nails, falls face first into the container. The jogger rolls Megan over, only to see a steel rod through her sunglasses with blood everywhere. I was like, oh my god, yes. what just happened? Now, first I'm thinking, how did she trip on a nail? I can see it going into her foot, but like, no, how did she trip it, it, on it? Well, I think she just caught it where, not perpendicular, but where, where it like it caused rolled. her to, like, yeah, where, okay. when she stepped, it rolled. But then I'm seeing this happen and I'm like, what the, wait, what? Yes. <laughs> You're going to kill Megan this early? Just as yeah. they're getting together? What are you, you're killing us. George, I'm like, is this going to be like some kind of vision or something that, I couldn't figure it out, and I was standing there, like, with my jaw on the floor. Right. Like, sitting there, whatever. <laughs> oh, me too. But seriously, I did not know what to say. No. You just go, no, this can't be happening. Yeah. <laughs> now, this is where we had the little error. Okay. Because the shot of Megan is, of course, from above. And you see the construction worker that turns out to be Augie is bending over her, as well as the jogger. If you look in the jogger's right hand, it looks yeah, like that person bottle. is holding an old-time ketchup bottle with red liquid in it. See, I was just thinking it was a water bottle. A water bottle, bottle yes. With, you, well, with red, I'm just thinking, you know, Gatorade, whatever. <laughs> yeah. So we go to the prison, and a haggard and very upset-looking Luke comes in as Catherine calls him a dark little rain cloud. Yeah, she was all too happy. Oh, yes, she was. Luke asks her why, which she replies that before she deposed of the guy watching her in the shower, she was hungry. But now she has real estate people and lookers, and the deaths will begin again three days at a time. Yeah, and I was really like, what? <laughs> uh, Luke tosses... What if they tore it down? Then right, what? exactly. Luke tosses the chair to the side, and the guard makes a move toward him. Luke raises his hand and backs away. And you would think, with her saying, the deaths will begin again three days at a time, the guard would have taken her and hauled her out of there. Right. Like, I really felt like, hello, did you hear what she just said? Yeah, exactly. So Catherine asked Luke if he loved her, but Luke just turns and heads to the exit, and Catherine has to throw another dig in, adding it's better to love than lost. No. And Luke stops just before the door, and a smile comes over his face. All right, now what the hell is going on? Yes. Yeah, I'm like, what is going on? He opens the door, and Megan walks in. <laughs> oh, my God. And I think everybody short-circuited at the same time as Catherine. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's not quite in the same way. I'm no, like, oh, fortunately. Oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so we go back to the office. Susan comes in with the Calabasas Commission, and Zoe informs her that deposits will be done this afternoon, and that she approved a bonus for Zoe as she earned it. Well, Zoe thanks her for assigning a dollar figure to her dignity, but ooze when she sees the amount of the check. <laughs> yeah, it's like, ooh, okay. And Susan looks at the check and notices something odd and calls Calabasas' attorney, who informs her that Mr. Calabasas has been dead for eight years. Yeah. And the and look like, on Susan's face was so priceless. <laughs> I had the same look. I had the yeah. same look on my face. I'm like, what? Yeah, Susan's dumbstruck for a few seconds and decides to recap that they were hired by a ghost to cleanse his house of the people who were haunting it. <laughs> That's kind of funny, though. Absolutely was. <laughs> so we go back to the prison. We're outside the prison. Megan asks Luke what just happened. <laughs> and Luke tells her that she was a watchmaker who thought you were dead. But when she saw that you were still alive, it sent her into a loop. Megan asks, forever? And Luke tells her as far as Catherine Owen's expiration date. <laughs> so this is what I'm still confused. So it was like a demon inside of her? Yes. Is what it is? Yes, the watchmaker okay. was inside of her. Okay. Or she was the watchmaker all along. That wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> so we go back to the office where we get to see how they pulled this off. As Augie checks to see if the sunglasses with the rod through it fits. Zoe and Phil working on the metal rods that aren't metal, as Zoe flexes one. Then just before Susan leaves, Luke nods at her, and she nods back. Yeah, this was pretty interesting, and yeah, that's very much like Ocean's Eleven when they yes. had that. Because <laughs> when they're kind of showing everything like that quick, how it was played out, I'm like, oh, okay, oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> I and get we, it. Yeah, cut to the outside where Phil is the one carrying the metal rod. Augie is the one with the container of cables, tools, and a couple of the metal rods. And Susan is the jogger in the white hoodie. And we see Megan checking the sunglasses from inside her jacket. After Megan trips and falls, she puts the sunglasses on, turns over, and Susan squirts the red liquid on the ground. And we see the shot from above again. It was pretty good. Oh, yeah, it absolutely was. Because <laughs> they absolutely did not let us in I didn't on a guess. clue of this. No, I didn't guess any of that. No. <laughs> and counting on Zoe to <laughs> keep them safe, mm, I don't know. Uh, Zoe is very capable. <laughs> so we go back to the prison where Megan and Luke get in his SUV, and Megan tells him that was a hell of a performance, and Luke tells her she killed it. Literally. <laughs> Megan asks, so what now? And Luke tells her they need to find her a proper home. One without devil dogs, aggressive fireplaces, strange noises, and no members of his immediate family. <laughs> <laughs> and Megan tells him it sounds dreamy and asks if she could have a whirlpool tub. <laughs> Luke goes, jeez, clients, man. And they both laugh. <laughs> okay. And then in this moment, too, I'm like, okay, you're supposed to be at a prison visiting. Why are you parked on, like, the side of the road? Exactly. <laughs> at least fake it. Make it look like a crappy little parking lot or something. But I'm like, what? Yeah. But I thought it was cute how it came together at the end and how we got to see everything. I did like all that. Oh, yeah. Wow. So this one, 
it really went around in circles for me. Oh, yeah. I loved how it happened. We got a lot of different twists that I was not seeing. (laughs) Calabasas being a ghost to get rid of. And not even a recently deceased ghost. I know. (laughs) So, yeah, I was just like, oh, my God, this one really threw me. I liked it, though. I really like how it all came together. I was shocked through a lot of it, so I think it was pretty good. Yeah. It started out in the first two minutes with all this <laughs> gory all the death. death through the eye. And <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. Loved it, though. Absolutely great episode. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so after all of this, do we actually have any feedback to maybe ground us at all, Steve? <laughs> we sure do. The one and only Jazz has provided us with her thoughts on this episode, so let's hear what she thinks. Hello, this is Jazz with a review of Surreal Estate Season 1, Episode 6. Three days to have recuperation time before there is a feeding frenzy is definitely a unusual plot device. I had not heard of that in any of the stories that I've read or seen before, so props for that. The fact that you have the open house so that the entity can actually have a smorgasbord was also very novel. But I will say that the stuff through the eye was very gruesome, and I had tried to get a friend into the show without watching set episode first, which was a mistake, because we all went, ew, every time somebody got it in the eye. Eek, very well done, because it, it just was squidgy. I thought it was great that Luke finally admitted that he loved somebody, and I loved the fact that there was a definite similarity between Surreal Estate and Winona Earp, besides who was actually probably directing it, which would have been Melanie Scrifano, because there was a blonde crazy woman in jail, and they were possessed and had a interesting ending, we'll say, since we don't know exactly what happened to Mama Earp. But Mama Earp was also in jail and causing havoc, and this woman, such as it is, was in jail and causing havoc. So I thought that was a nice nod to the Earper. This particular show, Surreal Estate, pulls at your heartstrings also while keeping you guessing, because they had a lot of red herrings saying, we're going this way, we're going this way. Oh, Luke loved and lost. Oh, sorry. Such a shame. And I'm just used to favorite characters getting knocked off as soon as you like them. So I'm like, well, that's horrible. How are they going to come back from that? And then the next five minutes, it's all fixed. Everything's good. Everybody's happy and there's a happy ending. So props for that plot device because I did not see that coming. It was very well done. I really liked that. Let's see. I thought the girlfriend was definitely a goner. And I'm thinking, okay, the all-seeing eye is going to know what's going on and they won't be able to do anything and she'll just be toast. But they actually figured out how to get it around it and it wasn't omnipotent. Sort of like you. There was some flexibility in what she could and couldn't see, so they were able to actually close the loophole that she used in order to always have a snack. And I can, too bad Rita did not actually go in the house, but her assistant did, because he was, I think, the, one of the first people to have gotten knocked off. So Rita, of course, doesn't want to deal with it, so she pawns it off the loop, being this slimy little Ferengi that she is. Luke was able to finagle it so that his girlfriend was still alive, so yay! And then that just put her in a revolving loop and confused the hell out of her and her all-seeing eye was now blind and the snack bar was closed. I thought it was a wonderful episode. It had lots of twists and turns. It's a, a little more gory than I'm used to, but that's okay. I'm still thoroughly enjoying it and changing my opinion on Gary and horror movies. I might actually find some I like, but I doubt it. 
<laughs> so this is Jazz. Thanks very much. Bye. Well, thank you, Jazz, for that great feedback. Well, Jazz, you just crossed, I don't know how many fandoms. I'm yes. just going to throw that out there first. <laughs> and we actually do know what happened to Mama Earp, if you remember. Winona had gotten some postcards from Mama Earp from, I believe it was India, as she was experimenting with the Kama Sutra. <laughs> yeah, it's all sorts of stuff we didn't want to know about. No. <laughs> but yeah, I thought this was a, absolutely an amazing episode with great twists that you didn't see coming. I loved the whole thing with the eye because I think we've talked before how I'm like, oh God, it creeps me out. So I love that it kept happening though. Right. Yes, I'm kind of a weird person that way in case you haven't figured it out. But horror is my genre. So this was like right up my alley. I loved it. And just, yeah, like I said, crossing all the fandoms. That's kind of funny. Hopefully there's more people here that get all that than just Stephen High. <laughs> yes. I'm sure there is. Yeah, but the Ferengi B is definitely what we could call that <laughs> oh clock <my> maker. <laughs> but seriously, yeah, that is a whole new thing. Well, okay, now I'm thinking because Candyman's coming out. I don't right. remember how often the attacks happen. So that might be, be something. And then what's the other one where they die? Like, <laughs> where the, that narrows it down. I know. Sean, right, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, where they're escaping death, like they got out. Final Destination. Right. I can't remember what it is, but I don't think any of it was like a feeding frenzy, like you said, Jazz. So definitely interesting way to do it to kind of like, oh, I need to rest and I need to do all of this before I can actually kill again without being the one there to kill. Kind of messed up. I did like how they kind of like short circuited the brain, though. Oh, yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> Especially seeing that we really thought Megan was gone. <laughs> I totally did. I did not pick anything up until they went back through to show, like, okay, this is how it happened. Right. Because I was sitting there with my jaw on the floor. So I was probably with everybody else watching Surreal Estate, like, what? What? Yeah. <laughs> like, maybe if they had sold the house and then all of a sudden that happened, it would have been like, oh, my God. Oh, okay. They're trying to, like, fill this plot point. It's like, that would have been horrible, but. I like the way they did this. Yeah. really did. Another fantastic job of directing by Melanie, of course. She's got Absolutely. quite a knack for this. <laughs> yes. And in case you don't know, she's actually doing Hardy Boys now. She is directing some episodes of Hardy Boys. I didn't even know that was a thing. Right. But apparently it is. <laughs> and she's over there directing. So tune in for that, too. But not before Surreal Estate's over. That's right. Well, once again, Jazz, we really appreciate your feedback and are really looking forward to hearing from you next episode. Thanks, Jazz. So, you know how we feel. We want to know how you feel. So shoot us an email at sci-fi talk at fangirlzone.com. Let us know your thoughts on the episode, the season, the series, anything coming up on sci-fi that you want to talk about. Let us know all of it. And while you're at it, if you can rate and review us on iTunes and every other platform you find us on, because we're all over the place, because good ratings and reviews help other fans of the show find us. Tell your friends. We do hope you're enjoying our podcast and the show. I definitely think any of your friends who are into sci-fi-ish kind of horror will like this because it's funny and cute. And if you're looking to buy a house, you know, maybe you want to watch and see some of the things that you want to ask questions about. Exactly. You know. <laughs> Has anybody been killed with an object through the eye? Maybe something like that. 
Yeah. <laughs> While you're at it and you're searching the interwebs, go ahead and check out fangirlzone.com. You can find our contacts page, which is the easiest way to find all the ways to get a hold of us, whether we're tweeting with you during the show or on Facebook. If you want to share some real estate tips, go ahead and shoot us an email. Mostly that would be for me because Steve is already way further in the process than me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hope you had everything checked and it's not a yeah. iffy kind of area, <laughs> yeah. Steve, where you're getting that house. Yeah. We don't want to see you on the next episode. No. <laughs> <laughs> so for this episode of Surreal Estate on Sci-Fi Talk, I am Sean Fangirlass. And I'm Steve. Oh, I don't think so. And until next time. <laughs>